Welcome to Marketing Careers Uncovered, the podcast where we explore the personal and professional development journeys of marketers from a wide range of backgrounds and industries. For our very, very first episode, it's great to be joined today by Sally Day, founder and director at Sultoria Marketing. So, Sally, before we wind the clock back and really get into your career, why don't you give us a little bit of an overview of what you're doing right now? Yes, no, yeah, thank you so much. So I run a small little marketing company called Sautori Marketing and we support small to medium businesses and basically I help create kind of marketing infrastructures for companies. So companies that don't have a marketing output or a marketing team, I work for them to create kind of guidelines, tone of voice guidelines, brand guidelines and then work towards a campaign culture um, and then yeah basically supporting them with mentoring and strategy and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, a little bit more information. I recently uh, parted ways with my business partner very amicably. So now I'm running the show on my own, which is a bit scary, but exciting. Um, and yeah, it's, it's all been a very a good challenge. Exciting, but yeah, hard work. Yes. So how long have you been running your uh, agency then? So we, we actually didn't call ourselves agency. We're a company because we had some bad experiences with, with agencies in the past. So we, yeah, we've been going for about three years. Yeah, so since May 2020, like the heights of lockdown, um, we basically got made redundant by our company and it was very, very tricky to find a job at that current time. And myself and my ex-business partner just thought, yeah, let's carry on and let's keep working together, see what we can do. And we started our own company and it actually worked really surprisingly well. Um, obviously, we had a lot of spare time, so we could put in lots of hours and yeah, so it's been going since yeah May 2020. So, are there any particular types of sectors or or client types that you that you support? So we, I don't know, people always talk about should you niche or should you you know keep it broad. We are very consciously wanting to work with lots of different people. So, our target market was small to medium businesses that don't have a marketing output or marketing kind of team at that moment in time. But I guess we've tended to work with areas that we've, you know, worked with beforehand. So I've already always worked with kind of education, uh, universities, charities. That's always been my area of career, you know, kind of path. And that's kind of tended to be where we've worked. So you really just dived into this head first, which is absolutely great. Speaking to quite a few people and, you know, knowing a couple who are in their own business, there's often, before people go into this, quite a glamorised view associated with owning your own business, you know, the whole being your own boss. And then actually the day-to-day reality of what it means to be responsible for running a, a functioning, profitable business. What was what was your experience like? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And I do think, yeah, especially like films and TV shows give you a certain perception of being your own boss or having your own business being kind of really cool and really exciting. And potentially, yeah, the reality is quite different. I think actually in a, in a positive way, I thought it was going to be impossible. Like we kind of did it with a bit of a like, oh, we've got nothing to lose. It's lockdown. We had a good redundancy package. We thought, let's try it. If it doesn't work out, we'll just try and get another job. And actually it wasn't, it, I don't know, it wasn't impossible. And that was a surprise to ourselves. So I think I don't, it's definitely mega, mega hard work, but I did think it would be a lot of hard work. And I did expect that, but it was, it worked better than I thought, if that makes sense. Um, like I think there's a certain unpredictability of it that is sometimes exciting, but sometimes scary. So the kind of nature of always trying to get work or, you know, you could at any moment, a, a client could cancel on you. 
that unpredictability is something maybe I didn't predict, but is sometimes exciting at the same time. Um, and I guess, yeah, there are loads of benefits. Like, that, you know, you can do your own thing. You can be creative. You can be as flexible as you want. You can, you know, do exactly what you want with your brand, be the master of your own fate, you know, all those kind of things. It's actually there's so many benefits that I actually don't think I realised. So it's, it's a positive thing, yeah. And at that point of deciding that, um, okay, this is something I want to do, did you have a existing network of contacts that you initially went out to or was it quite a quite, quite a cold entry into the, into the market? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess I had, you know, I've always been very good at like keeping in touch with old colleagues, old bosses and people I've worked with before. Um, I think it's always good practice to kind of leave, you know, leave a place positively. Um, and I, yeah, I've always just kind of been good at, I guess, doing courses or doing like networking. So I've had quite a good network already of people on LinkedIn and people I've kept in touch with. Um, I did do quite a lot of, this was quite hard in lockdown, but lots of like business networking. We did lots of online stuff where I met lots of new people and people that could give us advice and kind of lessons learned. Um, quite a lot of people I had did end up working with were ex-colleagues, though, and people I previously worked with or old bosses that have referred me to places. Um, and then actually where our head office, everyone got made redundant in our head office, everyone got new jobs. So kind of crazily, it was exciting because we had all these new companies that we had connections at. Um, so it was all quite organic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you, you never know where people are going to going, going to end up. So yeah, ab- absolutely right that you know, fostering those relationships over a long term is really, really, really important. And I think can sometimes get a little bit lost, particularly, yeah, I know from my own experience, quite early on in my career, I probably wasn't thinking in that way <laughs> about actually, yeah, these are people that are quite good to keep close to, either from a mentoring perspective or from a um you know further down the line where they might well um where they might well be yeah yeah I don't know if it was like my dad maybe gave me a bit of advice like never leave a job in a negative way and always I know I just think always forge good positive relationships even if you you know you might change your mind about a job or you decide to move on I think it's always good to leave in a positive way like I had a I had a job where I was there for like nine months it was a contract job and my old boss from that job like literally still refers me to new companies and that's quite a small part of my career, but I still get referrals from them. So I think just making a good impression really helps. So given that we're focused on talking about people's career career journeys, I want to wind the clock now way, 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 way back. Mm. And actually, it'd be really interesting to, to discuss with you. What brought you into marketing? What was your what was your route? You went to you went you went to university, didn't you? Yes, yes. Um, yeah. What did you study? So I studied English with creative writing, actually. So that was like back in the day before it was very expensive. I just chose my favourite subject and it was just kind of like, that'll be really cool and it'll be fun to live in a different place. And that was really my plan. That was all it was. So yeah. there was no, um, oh, I quite fancy this, um, this 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 marketing business. This looks right for me. And, and that was a route. It was as straightforward as 
I like English. I like writing. It was just very much I like English. I like writing, and I guess I really wanted to ideally become a writer, ideally do something creative. But it was very much just like I just want to live out of town and have a nice time for three years. And I love reading and I love literature. It was that that simple. So I hadn't really thought past, you know, graduating really. So. And then once you graduated, what's what 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 sort of happened then? So I did actually work at a small little marketing agency locally during summers. So I managed to get the same summer job every year when I came home. Um, you know, you have about four months off into summer when you're at uni. So I worked at a little marketing agency. Um, they were like, they called themselves a word of mouth marketing agency. It was quite a big thing back 15 years ago. It was innovative. Um, and yeah, I guess, I guess I kind of saw that's a good way to get paid to be creative and like be, you know, doing a job where you're creative, but also, you know, actually thinking about companies and like being a bit more creative. Um, and then I, I, you know, I'm based in Oxford. I thought, actually, I did English. Let's get into publishing. So I moved back home to Oxfordshire and I thought publishing would be a really great route as an English student. And then every time I was looking at different job descriptions and different things, the marketing job specs just spoke to me more than others. And I just saw, you know, a bit of writing, a bit of design, you know, a bit of creativity. That seemed to speak to me more so. Um, so basically, yeah, I just thought that seemed the most appealing. And I got a job at academic publishers in the marketing team so it was the creative aspect that spoke to you and kept kept playing. no 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 matter how how many times you might have tried to escape it, it kept coming for you yeah yeah and i i think the diversity and the, the variety that a marketing role like i've always been a generalist and i really like the the variety of doing like you know 100 different things and being extremely organized i think i'm naturally very organized very uh, structured person so I think that kind of spoke to me as well and you know managing campaigns is really exciting and yeah it was it's, it felt like a good fit for me at that moment in time and I think marketing teams are always quite sociable as well and I was very good at making friends and almost wanted to carry on that kind of university you know kind of environment for a bit longer yeah and as you started to well get more and more into um in into into marketing did you did you find that yes it's coming out of university and taking those steps into those first first roles did you find the reality of marketing actually matching the expectations that you might having you might have had in your head Mm, or was it quite different yeah I think I guess again everyone kind of reverts to like the films and the tv programs where you think everyone's in their like power suits and power dresses and everything's very dramatic or you have to do lots of presentations or you know pitch your work it was a lot more kind of down to earth than that and a lot more relaxed than I imagined it to be um it was still quite a very professional environment but it felt like everyone was really looking out for you wasn't as like competitive and fierce as potentially I thought it might be um it was very quite a very wholesome environment I would say I yeah I was there for about five years and it was a really good training ground so they were very good at kind of supporting graduates and I did my first CIM qualification and got promoted a couple of times so it felt like a very good environment to be in to start my career and people were very encouraging um you know you learn from older people people that have been there for a while and people were very open I think that was really positive and really good a good place to be and was that 
was that whole you know, developing and learning from from people was that was that something that was that was quite conscious in your in in your mind as you started to take those steps up or did it just happen as a result of your um, of, of of your environment yeah that's a really interesting question yeah i think i'm naturally always quite keen i've always been like very academic and I, you know i loved school i loved university i've always been keen to learn and better myself and improve and you know I've always had certain ambitions to be the best I can be um I think there probably were people in my department that were more proactive and potentially more competitive and I I did feel a bit overwhelmed by some of it but I think at the same sense it was good to have that drive and that general culture to push yourself because you know when you start your, your career it's quite you don't know where to begin and there's lots of different things going on so it did give me the structure and the the drive that I think I needed at that moment in time as a you know, 21 year old, 22 year old. Um, I think I'd say particularly if you're joining as a, um, as a generalist as well, mm. because, you know, we all know that, you know, there's various different routes and directions when you, when you say the word marketing as a career, actually there's about 20 different ways in which one can cut and cut. and. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 I think it was a really good, a good start to my career. And actually, yeah, it gave me the structure that I needed in terms of what do I want to do. And I, I did definitely decide that I wanted to continue to be a generalist. And the variety was really appealing. And I really liked managing campaigns, but also managing people. So it was a really good opportunity to get loads of experience in a short space of time. Given the way we are now in terms of yeah, hybrid and remote working and the whole blended nature of you know, us not all sat in a space together all, all the time. Yeah, if you were picking this up, if you're picking up and starting your career now, do you think you'd have to have a much, much more focused um, view of actually this is this is what I need and how I need to approach my my, my development when development by osmosis isn't really quite going to work in, in the current context? Mm. Would, would you agree? Yeah, I guess, yeah, it's it's hard because retrospectively it kind of worked out quite well for me, but I didn't I didn't have a set plan and I didn't decide this is what I'm going to do this year or this year or whatever. I think, yeah, potentially people in that position nowadays would maybe want to be a bit more objective-focused to think about what they want to get out of it, what their benefits are from working at a certain, a certain place, what kind of sector would you want to work at. I think I just kind of went with it, but, yeah, potentially I could have done things a bit differently. Yeah, and e- and even when it comes to you know things like building relationships with 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 people, yeah, you know, I've certainly noticed there can be a tendency, particularly given the um, the COVID years, as we'll call mm-hmm. as we'll call them, yeah, there can be a tendency for interactions to become more and more tran- transactional, and it requires just yeah a lot more conscious effort to go. Actually, I'm going to check in with uh, with John or um, or or Alice and. You know, keep um and, and keep that relationship going yeah. in a way that isn't just purely about me my role and what you can do for me and what I can do for um yes yeah you. yeah I think I I've definitely noticed that I guess the conversations you miss the kind of organic chats by the office cooler or as you're making coffee or in passing they they actually are kind of quite exciting and sometimes you get the most ideas from that or you get I don't know interesting perspectives so I do try and add a bit of small talk to conversations when I can so that it doesn't become too transactional. Um, or even just ringing someone and going, how are you, with no agenda. 
and it doesn't have to be like you know what's the purpose of what we're doing here or what we're we going to get out of this building kind of long-term relationships i think yeah in the new hybrid world or online world is yeah trying to be as genuine as you can is very important yeah cause I've, I've never quite bought this whole you know those those sort of innocuous water cooler conversations as, as we call them being the reason to go right everyone get your asses back in the back in the <clears> office <throat> it just means we've got to think about and approach things a little bit differently than we might have done or not even thought about yeah i think i think that is definitely the part that we're missing but i think you're right it doesn't mean we have to just also work five days a week in office in the hope that we might have these spontaneous chats i think actually we can choreograph it in a different way so that we have room to brainstorm or be kind of I don't know, reactive to things in our own way. So invariably what happens as you develop, move upwards, get promoted, etc. You start to enter and inhabit this quite strange zone where you know, there's greater ownership and accountability for what you're doing and delivering. So it requires you to think in a much, much more considered strategic manner. But you're also sitting at that tactical end of the equation, just needing to get stuff done and manage the um, and manage that to do list. It's quite a difficult balance to get right. And how did you find that? I think I was in that space for maybe longer than potentially a lot of other people, where I was really bridging the gap between very tactical roles and strategic roles, and potentially doing more of them than I should have. And it is it is a hard leap to make in terms of you want to still know what you're doing in terms of marketing tactics and you know keeping out of trends and knowledge but you become you know more senior more strategic and actually doing both those things at the same time can be tricky um i had like a couple of roles where i was the only marketer and i was on a very operational team and this felt quite challenging and overwhelming um and i think yeah you kind of realize you need to keep your knowledge going so you need to do courses you need to they work with companies like the CIM to go to events and networking um, always be like really keen to learn as much as you can and yeah I think then you become better at kind of juggling everything and working that way you, you sit best I suppose it's also a piece of um, knowing your audience and mm. who you're talking to and what level to pitch the information that you're that you're that you're trying to provide or input you're trying to uh, you're trying to get. Yeah, well. do you mean like in an internal sense, like talking to people? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah, if you're talking to the sales director, yes, yeah. Or, uh, for, for, for example, banging on about the amount of uh, you know LinkedIn followers yes. or uh, impressions a particular post had, it's just going to be completely lost on somebody who's actually yeah. No, you're totally looking right. for that commercial. Yeah, and I do actually think I've got very good at. I don't know how you describe this, but yeah, kind of tailoring my message to the internal person to whatever they needed to hear. So, yeah, you're right. Not everyone needed all that information or all the stats, but what does that person need to continue their job or to be energised or excited by marketing or, you know, kind of educated about marketing? Um, and I did, I was very, I don't know, throughout my career, I felt like I was really good at managing up and getting the bosses to do what I wanted them to do and, you know, making it feel like it was their decision, that kind of thing. Um, I think the art of kind of communication is something all marketers need to think about and focus on, definitely. Yeah, it's a very, very underrated, um, un- underrated skill. I know mm-hmm. I've certainly, <laughs> over the years, fluffed it up a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, and... it's hard. Yeah, I've actually said a couple of times, I think my um, communication skills are more powerful than my marketing skills. I think I probably am a better communicator than I am a marketer. And I don't know if that's a good thing, but I think, yeah, if you're really diplomatic, if you're fair, if you're good with people, 
that'll help you a long way in your marketing career and in any career I think well I've often I've often thought myself that marketing is 70% project management Mm -hmm. and um, herding sheep and actually yeah the the rest is is delivering yes yeah yeah definitely absolutely that's a good analogy so you spent quite a quite a while in pub in publishing yes. uh once yeah you, and you mentioned you know a couple of um a couple of promotions there what was the next role that you took after um after moving on and um, what sort of what sort of what was the spark for you to move on really? yeah so i actually um so i was living in oxfordshire and i decided to move to london and you know the bright lights of london was exciting and i got a role in yeah, like an educational company but it was a contract role and then actually i moved on from there about nine months later to and I worked at a university, the University of Arts London. Um, so I had yeah about four roles whilst I was in London for about seven years. Um, two of them were quite short roles. Two of them were quite quite chunky. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I kind of moved on from each job because I wanted to get more experience, to get more confidence, and be a bit more strategic and become a bit more focused on people management as well. Because I really enjoyed people management. Um, and yeah, I think it all just kind of naturally happened from my research and kind of finding things. And there was never necessarily like a strategic plan in terms of my career trajectory, but it all just kind of happened, I guess. But there was always, I'm certainly getting a sense, but there was always, it was a purposeful step. Yeah. Even though there was no grand plan, there was a, if I'm going to make a step, it needs to either be bigger or better or give me more responsibility. Yes. There wasn't really so much of a sideways move or moving just because oh I don't like it here anymore. Yeah, I yeah. Like I think my probably my first role was a sideways move, but it was more like I need to get to London, get going. Um, and then after that, it was like yeah, I want more autonomy. I want to be doing more things on my own. And then after that, it was like yeah, I want to manage more people. And then yeah, things are just you know you kind of think I want to be more strategic, and you don't get a certain need from a certain job. And you know, there's always a variety of reasons that you move on. Um, but yeah, it was always trying to improve my knowledge, improve my kind of marketing to become more well-rounded as a manager as well. In terms of managing people and teams and stuff, that can be quite a big leap. Yeah, yeah. In it, in its, in itself as well. I, 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 <laughs> I remember my own experience incredibly vividly. Of, um, I think again, it was another one of those expectation and reality mm, and yeah. the, the fact that you know you you can work with lots of people sometimes who well yeah i think of swans quite 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 a lot <laughs> making it look really really graceful and easy and then when you actually make that leap and do it yourself you realize shit this is hard yeah 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 and i think you get that a lot in your career don't you where potentially being a young person keen and enthusiastic you go yeah i can do anything yeah, yeah, and that confidence is good, but naivety sometimes isn't. You know, you just think you can get away with things or do things in a certain way. But actually managing someone is quite a big responsibility. If you think you're their point of core for anything professionally, even sometimes personally, and you're their, you know, the backbone in terms of helping them be a professional, it is quite a responsibility. Um, but I, I don't know, I really enjoy personal development and mentoring people, coaching people and helping them again with that more kind of personable side as well i guess you have this 
that can sometimes be the assumption that that's a linear route yeah, to progressive marketing. Mm-hmm. You are you you know you start out as a junior employee, you you start being a manager, you take on responsibility for people, and but actually, if that's you know, for some people, that's not. Yeah, I think that's not that's not your bag. <laughs> yeah. Then that's fine. Yeah, there are other routes you can mm. take. Absolutely, and it is. I I have seen interestingly, like yeah, certain people are just really talented or exceptional at what they do. So, like by default, they're awarded with like managing people, but it's actually takes away from what they're doing, and like they just want to carry on doing the practical work or the tactical work, and it's kind of a, a weird reward for being an expert to manage people if that isn't your bag. Um, like I, I really enjoyed it, and it's something I really love doing. But I, I do do know that some people don't like doing it, and potentially there should be in, in companies, you know, like a, I don't know. A, technical manager and then a pupil manager I don't know if you call it that but you know someone that's a specialist to help you with your actual skill set and then someone to help you as a pupil manager you know and I do know friends that have had that in companies that are maybe a bit bigger where they've had like a separate manager for each thing um and potentially that's a new way of thinking but I think not everyone can be a manager no certainly not a people manager yeah yeah exactly yeah Mm. what I certainly would have benefited from from my first time my first time round might have been some quite specific mentoring or guidance around what that actually what what that actually means and preparing me for that for that for that step forward into that particular um into that particular yeah it is quite a leap and I think especially when you're quite young and you might not, not have done it before to suddenly like manage someone can be quite intimidating and I think it is quite a big responsibility so and getting as much support as you can at those stages is really important. The next sort of piece I'm quite keen to dive into a little, a little bit more is, um, I think, you know, during that um, that period you were talking about where uh, you were balancing the um, ba- ba- balancing the checkbook of, you know, being more strategic and being more tactical and that, and that space you, you inhabited, is what were some of the really... Sort of, the biggest challenges that you faced during that um, during that period were the moments where you went, oh, I just feel I feel stuck here. How do I? Yeah. How how do I break this bit? Mm. I think it is. Yeah, it's it is really hard when you're a uh, generalist, especially. I think I've had, and I know lots of kind of similar colleagues have had it, where you feel, oh, I kind of know a little bit about everything, but do I know enough? And then you feel potentially like you're not doing enough, or you don't know enough. And it can be really hard to get over that kind of confidence or, I don't know, the kind of lack of knowledge about everything is okay. So I think some of that is about being really clear around this is what I can do, this is what I can't do, this is where I might need to outsource, this is where I might need to get a colleague to support me. But then also having the confidence to know that that's okay and you can't possibly be like a web developer, designer, the SEO specialist and that isn't that isn't what you're here to do. And I think potentially when I was younger, I... I don't know, or early in my career, I did try to be an expert at everything and it just burnt me out and got me overwhelmed and I just couldn't be that person. Um, And I think a couple of roles I had, I was like the only marketing person and I did have lots of lovely people to support me, but I was the only expert in marketing and, you know, low budgets, not many people to support you. It was really tough. And I think you do need to work out sometimes what your priorities are to know that you can't do everything. You aren't a superhuman it's okay to not do everything and to not be an expert in everything. I think we're coming back to that um, key word of communication, mm. here, aren't we? In terms of <clears throat> uh, you know, discussing as expectations what you can and can't 
can't do what's within uh, what's within the realms of possibility now. Yeah, and actually keeping stakeholders in the in, in the loop. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think just being really transparent and clear. I think it's really hard in any job actually to you you're not going to know everything, and sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So there's areas of you know just complete grey areas, but just being really transparent and clear about what your weaknesses are, what you're you know what you're really good at. And using the team to the best of your ability to support you and, you know, dedicate to if you can. Yeah, and it's it's okay to say, actually, I don't know how to, I, I don't know about this that much. I'll go and find out or we might need to get some addition, additional help. Yeah, yeah. But I, to- mm-hmm. but I totally get that um, yeah, there can be this overriding sensibility of, I want to be helpful yes and yeah useful and a key resource mm-hmm. so yes 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 of course i can do this and that and everything yeah and- i think being like a people pleaser naturally i've always been like yes yes and wanted to help and feeling useful is like my constant drive in every part of my life so you don't want to like you know displease people or disappoint people and especially working in fast-paced environments you, you know it's kind of urgent and things need to be done but you know i think as i've progressed and got more experience i've realized you know, sometimes it is more efficient to go. That's not that's not my bag, or there's someone else that needs to help me. But it it, it was quite a harsh learning curve, I think, to get to that point. Um, Do you still have to check yourself from time to time? Going, actually, actually, Sally, no, you probably don't know quite so much about that as um as as you might like to um admit. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes I'm like, oh God, do I know anything? Like, increasingly, it becomes, I'm, you know. I don't know enough because you know marketing's moving so fast and there's so much going on and it's it could be a full-time job to be constantly absorbing the knowledge and understanding what's happening and I think you need to know your place so I know that I'm you know more strategic and I'm more about overseeing and I'm more about managing and coordinating you know people like freelancers or more specialist people and actually I'm really good at the organization piece and the bigger picture stuff and yeah, I think you need to kind of remember what you're good at and remember you can't be good at everything, but what you're good at is amazing. And, you know, you are employable, you are, you know, a good person to work with, etc. It's, it's, it's some of that ability to be able to step back and look at that bigger picture. Do you think that's a result of um, some of that grounding you had within your uh, within your publishing role where you mentioned, you know, you did a CIM qualification and you had, um, yeah, access to um, to quite a few different senior yeah. people within the, within the firm. Yeah, no, I think that was, yeah, like looking back, it was really a really great experience. And I remember at the time being like, you know, I spent a little bit of time living with my parents and I lived with some friends locally, but I was very much like, I need to get to the big city of London. And thinking that everything would be amazing in London. But now, retrospectively, that was probably like one of the best times of my career because it was so supportive. Everyone was so nice and genuine. And, yeah, I could just talk to anyone and get advice. And people were really keen to help you learn. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to get the the first. I, I've done two CIM qualifications, but, yeah, it was all paid for with the company. And I think what, learning about marketing theory and the kind of marketing frameworks and structures in that environment was really good I think if I was going to go to like some fast-paced big vibrant London company it would have been quite overwhelming but I think learning doing the qualifications and learning a lot of the theory in that very comfortable wholesome environment set me up quite well I think um well and 
given you know we talk about you know marketing is changing so so much i i don't think that actually the fundamental principles and theory change that yeah. much if 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 i'd also you've always got that that sort of safe harbour and anchor to come back to to go well actually if you're in danger of veering off in a completely bonkers mm. direction you can always come straight back and go well actually given my you know, segmentation targeting positioning or however you want yeah to it, yeah I, you've got that um you've got that space in which to, to pull yes definitely that. i think that theory or you know all that it's kind of marketing frameworks that we all know is really important and i think if you miss that out on your kind of marketing career trajectory i think it can be quite hard to like retrospectively learn i think it's a really good thing to learn as soon as you can and to have that space to be able to do that is really important i think as a manager or as an employer and keep bringing colleagues you know particularly non-marketing colleagues back to that because yeah, well, yeah. I've noticed mm. working with yeah, and you, I'm sure you've seen some of this as well, where um, where there's this overwhelming tendency to jump to the tactic of oh, yeah, what's run this event? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. We should have a Snapchat account. That's me showing my age now <laughs> by um, using Snapchat yes. as a um, as as an example. But yeah, you get the point of yeah. There's all there's always that tendency to leap to uh, the fun shiny yeah, thing, totally. and touch and feel mm. and. And, and, and show and not and sometimes we become exactly get obsessed with like the to-do list of like this is what i need to do these are the, the bunch of things i need to you know create and then everything will be okay whereas actually yeah you need to think about why you're doing that the purpose and like how you actually targeting the right people could you do less things and get more outcomes you know rather than just being reactive and quick yeah what 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 happens if you don't do something yeah. does any does anyone a notice b care and does a fire break yeah i think a lot of things are done on assumption as all this has always been done and actually yeah as marketers we're we're there to challenge and kind of have those conversations where let's be experimental let's try something different let's think about the return on effort as well as the return on investment i think that's very important So with the benefit of you know years of experience, lots of different um lot lots of different roles. Actually, yeah, if you were to hop back into that time machine and um and, and drop yourself off before you entered that first role, is there any particular guidance with the benefit of hindsight that you'd give to your um to your earlier self? Yes. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think we don't ask these things enough, do we? It's a good good thing to think about. I would say, especially for someone else who might be starting their marketing career now, don't be afraid to experiment in your early years. I think, you know, I I comfortably went into the generalist role quite easily because that felt natural, but easily I could have wanted to specialise in a certain area. And I think it's really easy to get caught up in the professional ladder of promotions and like where I should be going. But actually think about what you could do, spend some time, what brings you joy and also what are you good at? Um... I would also say, don't be afraid. We've said this a little bit before, but don't be afraid to kind of admit when you don't know something. You can't be an expert in everything. I think that's a really important thing to learn. Also, if your manager isn't a marketing person or a specialist, where I've had that in in quite a few roles, 
I think it's really important to find a mentor either internally or externally that can give you that kind of industry knowledge and advice just to give a bit more breadth to what you're doing so you don't feel like you're completely isolated. Um, I know that the CIM, for example, they have like a mentoring program. So if you don't have anyone in your your organisation or your department or team, there are external sources, you can get that support. And sort of, you know, thinking about marketing as a prof- wider profession, do you think that marketers generally are, you know, developed and rounded enough to be able to have that um, to have that grounding? Yeah, I think I, I've met a lots of lots of junior marketers and marketers at different stages of their career, and I think what sets apart certain individuals, I think, is having that um, the marketing theory approach. So I think it's important to learn a certain amount of that marketing theory before you grow or move up as a marketer. And like, obviously, the tactical elements are really important to learn, but there's no substitute for that strategic knowledge. Uh, so I would always make sure you're kind of reading reading up on marketing theory and marketing strategy. I think there's sometimes an urgency with junior marketers where, you know, you think you have to be the best or like know about all the trends or all the cool social media stuff, but it's okay to take your time. There isn't a rush to the, the finish line whilst tech and the social media, you know, is moving rapidly. I think you can sometimes take your time and stay put for a bit. It's easy to get caught, caught up in the excitement and the rapid movement of the sector. Yeah, I mean, I always, I always prefer better as opposed to faster. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you also don't have to always be, you don't have to know everything. It's impossible. So I think when you kind of take that step back, sometimes you, you realise actually it's okay to not know everything. It's okay to be excited by certain things, but you, you know, you don't always have to know all there is to know. Now, my last question today is um quite a big one but um what's next for you oh yeah Mm, that's a yeah big question um so i I mentioned briefly at the beginning so me and my business partner we were working together for about three years and we recently parted ways amicably she's moved back to italy and i so i'm currently evolving and repositioning satori marketing to be a bit more focused on the areas that i'm super keen and super passionate about and I'm good at um going back to that kind of like you know stuff that I don't know I'm you know I've never run a Google advert campaign or Facebook ad campaigns there's certain bits that I can't do that my previous business partner could do so I'm I'm repositioning so I'm focusing more on strategy and content I love copywriting and more on like workshops and face-to-face training um so rather than what the marketing team would do everything I've realized it's important to do you know, what brings you joy and what you're truly passionate about. Um, and actually, I know everyone says you should be authentic and that's a really overused term. I just think it's really true because I think it's about being genuine and sticking to what you love. And actually now I own my own company. I'm like, well, why am I doing all these things that I think I should do? Um, whereas actually I think the passion and the kind of, yeah, like the actual excitement, which I'll bring to my clients will be better bought with the things that I'm good at and I'm keen on. So a slight repositioning, but hopefully it will still be very successful and exciting. Yeah. Well, we look forward to watching that all unfold over the uh, months and years Thank to you. Come. Thank you so much. Thanks for, uh, thanks Thank for joining. Thank you, Dave. Thank you.